I don't care how fast a skater you are. If you don't play this game with a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net, you don't got dinky-doo. If you really want to know who I really am, I'm a hockey man. This is For Those About to Talk, a Columbus Blue Jackets podcast. The truth is, I don't really think about anything. I play hockey and I fornicate because these are the two most fun things in cold weather. With Dan Ducart from the IceTimes.com and Shane Gilfoyle from the History of Hockey podcast. Hockey is my life. Thank you for asking. Welcome back, everybody. It's been much longer than I'm comfortable admitting. Um, Dan, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, Shane. I'm doing well. I'm sad that I don't have hockey games to turn on this week. But outside of that, pretty good. How about the, yourself? The season is officially over. Um, I'm well. Life is, has been a little bit crazy. Um I, I haven't been sleeping much, but you know what? I have I have terrified you enough with stories of my children, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, abstain this week. Um, uh, but first, I, I kind of want to get a little something out of the way. Um, I guess just an apology uh, uh, for myself on behalf of Dan. Um, we had every intention of releasing uh, a few episodes during the cup final itself and as just horrible luck would have it i got a virus on my computer um nearly crippled the damn thing and it took me about a week to get the thing cleaned up and and running again and uh it really could not have happened at a worse time. I have used nothing but Apple computers for well over a decade. I've never had any problem, and then all of a sudden, I just got hit like a ton of bricks. I, I still don't really know what it was, um, but uh, the the short story is is that it it totally sucks that we that we kind of got screwed out of some episodes because. Um, really anybody who who listens to this knows that Dan you you do a majority of the the talking and and I'm more than okay with that I um I'm I'm kind of the behind the scenes uh I do the the editing the computer kind of stuff um and so when it hit me we both kind of went down uh so Anyway, that's a long-winded explanation slash apology for why we haven't been around, and um, so it totally sucks. But we we're back up and running now, and uh, and there you have it. So totally unnecessary, first of all, because if I, I think this was it was destined to be this way, <laughs> we would have talked ad nauseum for a few episodes about how the Penguins are going to win another cup. You know what I mean? It could have been worse. Like, we could have had to spend hours upon hours prepping the Penguins, the Precious Penguins winning another cup, and instead we can cover the one episode. 
condensed. But, but it is what it is. Very condensed, yeah. So, yeah, good, fair point. Fair point. Um, so, speaking of the Penguins, uh, anybody who doesn't know, first of all, you're not even listening to this podcast if you don't know the result of the Stanley Cup final. Um, and otherwise, anyway... Um, I don't know where I was going with that. So yeah, cu- uh, the the cup goes to the Penguins um, for the fifth time in their history. The second time they've gone back to back in their history. And um, Dan, you were you were in Nashville for the cup clinching game. So if you don't want to go into that right away, we don't have to. But let's. No, I'd love to. Okay, all right. Um, maybe some some thoughts on the on the cup. Uh, I want I want stories from Nashville, stories of debauchery. Um, hit that me. I can give you. <laughs> all right. So for, first of all, uh, let me just clear the the noise. I even though I was down in Nashville for the Predators game, I a didn't have tickets. Uh, my buddy Alan and I went. B, uh, I was rooting for Nashville for the story. I'm not, and we talked about this before, I'm not like an anti-Penguins person at all. Like, I actually think that Sid's legacy uh, being solidified, and that's something I want to talk about later, um, it's actually good for the game, and that's ultimately what I want. At the same time, Nashville winning could have been good for the game, too. So, I, you know, all that is to say that I really didn't have a dog in the fight, truthfully. Right. I mean, once, once your team is out, you know, you can... You can root for the story. You can root for what's good for hockey. Right. Um, and usually there's yeah. like some old guy I want to win. And like Ron Hainsey, I, I love him, ex-Blue Jacket Ron Hainsey, but like I don't care. Right. You know he's I mean? he's not that guy. He's not he's Ray not Bork. He's not Dave Anderchuk. Right. Exactly. Those are exa- those are like the names that come to mind, like the images that come to mind. Like yeah. Dude, I don't care but but Ron like Hainsey. what like what a what a, just what a personal story for that guy. One one single playoff run, and he wins a cup. You, you son of a bitch! Right. You, <laughs> you, have you have to. Yeah. You have I to. If I if I'm him and Cullen, I'm, I don't even know what it's like. What's today's date? June fourteenth. I would have retired by now. <laughs> like, I would have. I would have okay, so <laughs> so so Sid hands Hainsey the cup. Yeah. I would have skated the cup around. Handed it to the next guy and said, "Here you go, I retire." Yeah, he should have just skated off the ice with the cup <laughs> and not come back. <laughs> Try to fire me, I quit. That's right. So, anyways, Nashville is nuts. I I haven't been to Nashville since I was a youth. We used to go there for hockey tournaments, um, but I wasn't of drinking age. It's I, I, I imagine it's like anything. It's totally different once you're. Of age, you can kind of like spend the night out in the city instead of like, I don't know, going to like Applebee's with the hockey team or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, it was amazing. We we stayed just outside of Vanderbilt, which is really just outside of the city, so like five miles from downtown. And Broadway is fake. It is the Vegas Strip. Like it's just this strip with nothing but. Um, like, like country western boot stores and guitar stores, and then like every other store is a bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just this. I always thought that like nationwide, and I've been to Buffalo, and I know what Detroit's doing now. Like, 
these arena districts, that's even what Columbus calls it, like a district that encapsulates the arena, was like the premier way to show an NHL game. And I still think that it's like a great setup. But Nash, the way Nashville is, is so unique. It's The stadium's address is on Broadway. So like you you turn out of Tootsie's, like you walk out of it and directly in front of you is Bridgestone Arena. You know what I mean? Now, am it's, I am I understanding the setup correctly? Because like you, I have not been to Nashville since I was a kid. Um, now, am I understanding it correctly in that the, the scene, as it were, existed prior to this arena, whereas... 100%. So, so the the arena was kind of thrown into the middle of something that was crazy that was already there. Our yes. situation here in Columbus, it was all built together. Well, yeah, but what was what was the arena district before it was the arena district? Wasn't it the old uh, county jail? I mean, nothing. It was it was an abandoned, shut down piece right. of garbage jail. So, there was nothing exactly. there. So, like to go from that which is to be fair like now it's great like columbus's downtown is much more vibrant because of the arena district fact um but nashville got like its crown jewel <laughs> like you couldn't have put i can't even imagine knowing what i know about the city now where else you would even put it except for on broadway because it's such a rocket town and just like the street the streets nuts like i i will admit that like i was only there for this is going to sound bad. I was only in Nashville for two full days, and I probably spent, gee, I don't know, between 15 and 20 hours of it on Broadway. So I don't have a great sense of what, <laughs> what else was going on um, in the city. But, like, everyone is on Broadway. Everyone's on Broadway. And it's just a total – it's nuts. It's just a huge party. Um, I can't imagine during even non-playoff Stanley Cup Finals games that the road is sh- not shut down. Like it's, it's almost like you don't even realize that you're walking on a street because, like, obviously it's closed down. There's a hundred thousand people here walking on one street. So yeah, it's closed. Hey. But I don't know if during the regular season if it's if it's closed or not. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that's kind of what I was getting at earlier is is that it is a scene with or without the hockey arena. Yes, it is. You know, where whereas our situation here in Columbus, the arena district is alive and busy when there's not a game, but there is a very noticeable difference oh, yeah. when people are there to see a game versus... Sure. Versus the off season. I love the idea of like Yarmo Kekalainen calling like Zach Wierenski and Marcus Nudevara and being like, "Hey, like you should definitely find permanent housing really close to the arena district so you can walk from walk to work." And David Poyle calling like PK Subban and being like, "Buddy, please don't get a place within walking distance." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, th- that's the difference. Yeah. So it's it's raucous for sure. All the things you hear are true. It's it's loud, it's crazy, like, we couldn't figure out why just before game six, there was uh, all these people, like, taking video, where at the bar we were across from, like, all these have, like, rooftop patio decks, and we're on a rooftop patio deck, everyone gets, has their phone out, 
and it's Luke Bryan like across the street, but like in complete like on your plane, you know, just like you know, a hundred feet away or whatever, uh, just playing like a free show. Like that's that was like that, that was Nashville. It's it's just it's crazy. And the the thing that stuck out to me especially was that everyone was so friendly. And I can't even give Nashville credit for it because I met like three people from Nashville. Like everyone was there, kind of like we were, which was as a visitor or as a transplant it's a very transient city so like it was just that it was very unique we talked to guys who drove there from boston drove there from minneapolis very like, interesting super far drives like we the columbus the nashville's like six hours yeah gain an hour on the way there so it's like the most it's the easiest drive um but it was it was very cool and then it was very not because as soon as pittsburgh won you realize that you were too many beers deep and that nobody maybe it was for the best honestly nobody had any intention of doing anything like, i'm pretty sure we were in bed by like 12 30 gotcha but, and like it was it was like an hour before that you were primed to be up until like the sun came up kind of thing so it was just it it was quite a contrast to see them lose like uh i think my biggest regret wasn't even that they lost it was that i didn't get to see the crowd i don't even know how many people they said there were there like on in that strip because that's where we were just outside of the stadium but they never got to cheer you know what i mean because even the goal you could hear it was loud like you could hear on the the whistle blew so like most fans cheered but like the ones who like knew what was going on were like "Ah, this sucks yeah i mean so so not once was the crowd ever like bump in the way it should have been could have been yeah and and that whistle was so audible on tv i i i was kind of wondering why there was even a discussion amongst the um the broadcasters uh eddie and and doc and um and fuckface there pierre um (laughs) i i I think that's on his birth certificate (laughs) if i'm not mistaken um but they, they, were, they were debating whether or not there was this whistle, and I was like, wait a minute, I heard it the f- I heard it during the play. I heard it the first time. So I don't know if they just do that for dramatic effect or if they really didn't hear it and it was an actual debate they were having. But, I mean, I heard it immediately, and I just, I mean, like everybody, I was like, oh, shit. Where are you at on that? So Two things, I guess. One, um... I commend Nashville so much after the game for having such great about that goal. Like, I get more mad in my Adoli game, doesn't mean shit, than Nashville's players do when they have the cup taken from them. Not actually, but you know what I mean. Like, that's a huge call. Yeah. That's a potentially game-changing call. Um, Well, it was game-changing at the moment because... It sure was. I mean, they had a 1-0 lead, and then they didn't. Um, But... I mean to to answer you directly I it sucks it totally sucks but by the letter of the law I think it's the right call because the official is permitted to blow the whistle when he doesn't see the puck and according to him he did not see the puck and and so he blew the whistle was it a quick whistle yeah probably um does it suck that it came out the way that it did yeah definitely because if that goes in and it holds up as a goal, who knows if Pittsburgh comes back? You know, I mean, they they won 
two to zero on an empty net goal. Oh my god, the worst take I ever heard in my life. We were driving back, not feeling well, if you will, <laughs> and we had a uh, like serious NHL network radio on, or NHL radio on, and this guy called in. I freaking hate calling radio because I just think that. There's no way that anybody who calls in knows more than me about anything. Okay, so what you're saying is that I should uh, I should cancel the phone <laughs> I should cancel the phone line that I have coming into our show. Okay, I'll check that off my list yeah, here. Yeah, seriously, we are not <laughs> taking your calls. This guy Ever. Said, and you you could tell he wasn't a hockey fan uh, because he said points instead of goals. But he said it wouldn't have mattered because Pittsburgh had two points to nothing anyway, and it was like, oh boy. Oh man, are you dumb? Oh, that's. Uh, I I hope I hope for his sake that he had been drinking because that's. Uh, I hope he was kidding and and just like trolling people. That's like honestly where I'm at with that because it was like. It was that was level like, of no dumb. Way. Yeah. Yeah, it's so dumb. So okay, so to your point, by the letter of the law, they made the right call, and I'm with you. I'm like a, I'm a rules guy. Like I like it when it's black and white. That's why this offside stuff drives me nuts. Um, because I don't think it's black and white at all, and. It's kind of ironic that Nashville, I'm going on a tangent, but Nashville gets screwed by the offsides call at the beginning of game one. But do you remember it was Matthew Shane at the Avs that caused that in the first place because they didn't call the offsides against him when he scored on that break? Which, which, by the way, was against Nashville. Right, that's my point. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. (laughs) It kind of came back to, like, fight him. Like, if they hadn't have been... he didn't let Matthew Shane get so far behind you that he was offsides on a breakaway. <laughs> this never would have happened. Oh, man. But so anyway, my question to you is, it is the rule, and they called it by the book. Should they change the rule so that if it's an instantaneous play and the goalie didn't have time to react, the goal counts? My dad and I were talking about that. Like, that's obviously a goal. Even though the ref blew the whistle, like, it's still a goal. You know oh, man. I guess his point is a good one. Like, you have all these new fans watching, both in Nashville and internationally, literally. And, like, everyone's perception of hockey is it's hard to score goals. And then they score a goal, and it's like, man, no goal. We messed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. Make it right. That that's tough, and honestly, I don't have an answer for you. Um, yeah. Oh God, it's in in a perfect world, you you would love a a flawless system, but as long as the game is called by referees and those referees remain human and not robots, our our forthcoming overlords um, can't wait. Can't wait. Um, they're going to be fallible, you know, and that's, it sucks, but that's the way it's going to be until, I guess until it's not. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's no, there's no perfect no? way. I feel like you don't think it's that big of a deal, which is fine. I'm just like trying to pinpoint like where you're at. I, I think it's a bigger deal. I, I do think that it's a big game. deal. I do think that it's a big deal, but uh, by the same token, it, it was called correctly, and I'm kind of just like, well, shit, that sucks, but there it is. Well, um, okay, it's called correctly, but it was incorrectly called. You know what I mean? Sure, like, yeah, I mean, it was a quick whistle for sure, um, but I don't, I don't know, even, like, I, I can't sit here and tell you what should be done about it. Right, right, yeah, I know. 
the only thing is like I wouldn't even say it was a I know what you mean as a quick whistle but to me and I've reffed and it reffing's terrible like I could still ref if I wanted to but like the, even though it's good money it's not worth it it's one of those it's probably like serving like if you're like a like at a restaurant it's like I could do this I have the time to do this on weekends or something I don't want to do it <laughs> but no, fuck no it. amount of money like makes it worth it because these people are just miserable and like I'm a miserable person the referee so I get it um but it's just not worth it. But like these, my point is like this ref was just in the perfectly wrong spot, which isn't his fault. Like Matt Murray fell and there's a line of vision that the ref's not going to be able to see when he's directly behind Matt Murray. And that's what happened. So he couldn't see the puck and then he blew the whistle. So like, I, I understand it's like totally human error. It just, it just sucks that it was like such a significant call. Like Nashville had two like, Every time you get through these playoffs, man, you just, like, wonder, like, hockey's so lucky. Like, the, the Penguins are obviously great. They've won two cups in a row, and no one's going to dispute that. Like, they they deserve it. But, like, man, how lucky do you have to be to, like, actually win the cup? You have to get so many things to go your way. Yeah, yeah, you really do. You, you've got to, I mean, the every so many things have to fall in line. One, to make the playoffs two to make a deep run and then I mean you you've got to be a Penguins or a Blackhawks team to right. to win the whole you thing to withstand injuries make sure no like you know unlucky calls like derail your team right I don't know there's just all kinds of stuff that yeah like, yeah for uh, sure uh, MBSW show last night or, uh, I can't remember the other day when I was to was arguing whether or not um, the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best determinant of picking a champion because Merrick was saying that he prefers uh, just he puts more stock in the president's trophy and I you know I I kind of tend to agree with him because it's it's a I mean I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that the the uh, the penguins don't deserve to be where they are but I totally see where Merrick is coming from on that because it's it's a larger sample size over an 82 game season and more often than not lately, that team has been the Washington Capitals. And then, really, when you look at teams such as the Nashville Predators, the LA Kings, you have to be good for two months. You have to be great for two months. Um, you know, as long as you get in, you can do, you can win it if you get in. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have an answer for that either, but um, it it is maybe not enough credit is given to the team that that wins the president's trophy and and before i i forget i kind of want to go back to the the uh, the call real quick um and i don't know this is just something i'm throwing out there is is there anything to be done with with that falling in excuse me falling into a reviewable call video review I mean, I would like to see that in and offsides out. Like, I think that offsides was put in to be, like, the egregious Duchesne breakaway rule. Not the PK-Suban goal where Forsberg's skate was, like, a quarter of an inch off the ice, but still on the blue line. Like, I don't know. I think the NHL makes all these... I love hockey, but can't stand the NHL sometimes. And this is one of those times where I feel like they just can't get out of their own way. Like, just use common sense. You know what I mean? 
that if you could video review that goal any time any reasonable person that isn't a penguins fan would be like yeah that's a goal like there's nothing murray could have done differently once that whistle blew like the puck was already in the back of the net by the time he probably finished blowing well you know i i heard from numerous penguins fans that said that basically agreed with what what you just said that man that really should have been a goal that that yeah. sucks you know kind of like i'll take it but that sucks um yeah. So now, are you in favor of uh, of scrapping offsides altogether? As a rule, yeah, dude, I would have been in the NHL if offsides wasn't a thing. No, <laughs> <just> <laughs> but you know, I, I've actually i've been I've been banging this drum for a long time though because I okay, here's my thing: people immediately think that once you get rid of offsides, man, we're gonna go for like an hour on offsides. Once you get rid of offsides, then it's just going to be like cherry pick city. And and I have to call bullshit because and I do too. because okay the the rule originally was instituted precisely for that reason because teams would most notably the Boston Bruins would would sit back by the net cherry pick and um and and try to try to score a goal. Now you know back then it was. The, the quote-unquote offside was the offside pass, no forward passing. But right. you try to get away with that bullshit in today's NHL, you're going you're gonna to park somebody in their offensive zone just to get a better shot? Like, okay, good luck then defending yeah, if, if that's what you need. Like, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't buy the cherry-picking narrative. No, I, I think that what you, We'll see, and I think you're going to see this anyway, to be honest with you. Penguins have been done it the last two seasons, is they'll send someone as soon as, like, they'll fly the zone as soon as they get control, um, which is to say that, is there a cherry picker? Sure, but it's not like he's, like, a designated cherry. It's not like he's hanging out, like, 150 feet away from, you know, the play that's going on or anything like that. I think that hockey will evolve, and anyone who tells you, to your point, at history of hockey, right? H O H pod. Yeah. There you go. Um, anyone that tells you that they're like a hockey purist, buddy, unless you knew or accept that the forward pass used to be illegal, you're not a hockey purist. You're you know yeah, I mean? and and I'd also like to add that um, you're still wearing jerseys made of actual wool. <laughs> Sweaters, please. Yes. Yes, literal, so, literal sweaters. I would, I, I think maybe I'm a, it's a little bit of a ways for me. I'd almost rather see the NHL go four on four before they get rid of offsides. But I could see, I could see it. I can like imagine a game where there's no offsides because it's called the All Star Game. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, and um, and I'm to your and, totally and to your point, you know, going four on four, it used to be six skaters and a goalie. Right, Rovers. So, it can be done. It, well, yes, I exactly. I, I think for me, I just want—I want to see more goals, but I don't want to change the fundamental. Like, I don't want to change the size of the goal, for example. Um, and I, I think a faster way to increase scoring is to not take goals off the board when they're like fractionally wrong. Like the offside, I'm actually more frustrated with the offsides call in game one than I am with the missed call in game six. I I, I think I would agree with that, yeah. Because that's like, dude, 
no one thought there was conclusive evidence. And they were like, well, if you look at the pixels in between the skate blade and the ice on a blue line, I don't know. It's and just... could they have had a shittier picture for that? Dude, I hope that's not the one, the, the one that we saw as an audience. I sure as shit hope that was not the one that they were looking at in the war room. Totally agree, because that'd be embarrassing. It's the year's 2060, and they're like, look what they looked at in 2017. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They had a digital picture. That was such a joke. They'll have, like, projection <laughs> screens. We'll just be there. It'll just be, like, augmented reality. Anyways. This is a long-winded way of saying congrats, Pittsburgh. Congrats. One fair and square. That's funny. Um, but can, can I say, you, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, you didn't have a dog in the fight. And, and, and I... You sound like it, though, don't I? Well, yeah, but yes. But um, we are about to lose... Well, I should say, I am about to lose every Blue Jackets fan of the show that that I might have or follower that I might have <laughs> now now that Pittsburgh has won two in a row I'm I am marginally excited about the fact that they could win three for the sole purpose of I would get to be alive during a legit dynasty and I would uh, have and I would have memory of that now because I was Duck, I was throwing shit at you. I, I was <laughs> I was alive during the 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 Oilers dynasty, but I was shitting my pants for most of it and sucking my thumb. So I have yeah. absolutely no memory of it. But there's the last there's a was the Islanders, right? Well, they went four in a row, but yes, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and then the Oilers won two in a row twice, but they won five cups in seven years so it was right. you know still considered a dynasty and then nothing since then and and to have a legitimate dynasty i mean to be on the cusp of that is is pretty exciting from a guy who likes hockey history right. the way that i do so sure to me it, it's exciting for that reason because you can argue with me until you're blue in the face that the hawks are a dynasty, and I'll just say, fuck you, no, they're not. Oh, man, I was just going to ask you that. Okay, so winning two, is winning two straight more impressive than winning three and six? Yes, yeah, because you, to, to even get into the dynasty conversation, there's always this, this asterisk of, well, they're a modern-day dynasty. Well, again, fuck you, no, they're not. Um, to not even win... In a way, I, you just have to change the definition of what modern-day dynasty is to, like, make fit your needs but like in the salary cap it's been proven it's like so much harder to even repeat oh yeah it's i mean it's it's hard this is the first team in the salary cap to repeat it's it's hard in any in any era i think to repeat which is why the the penguins are so exciting i think you've you've at least got to win two in a row to even get into that dynasty conversation, sure. and for me, the Hawks just don't do it, and they and so they. The Kings, the Kings were like behind the Hawks because they were doing the same, like every other kind of thing. Yeah. But they, what were they? They were three and seven or something. I can't even remember. The Kings. Yeah, were they three and six also? Well, they held. They only have two, but they right. they two, did two, two, two and two, two and four. four. Yeah, tw yeah, twelve and fourteen is when they won. Yeah, so two and four and three and six and two and two is obviously a much better ratio. But um, but I would also make the argument that um that say the Kings had won twelve 
14 and 15, 15. then then you start getting back into the dynasty conversation. But if you if you can't even win two in a row, and I, I don't want to undersell that, I know how difficult I get it. I, I understand how difficult yeah, yeah. it is. Um, but if you if you, if you're not winning two in a row, then I kind of don't want to hear your argument for a you know potential dynasty. But I'm also kind of a dick, so. No, no, that makes. I mean, you've chronicled every Stanley Cup champion in the history of the league. Yes, so this yeah. is who better to speak on it than you? I, I, I tend to agree. I'm not going to go ahead and say that I'm like rooting for the Penguins, the three, the three Peter, or anything like that. Um, but I do think we're living. I wrote about this uh, today, actually. I think that we're living in a time where um, I, you can't even turn on ESPN with like the LeBron, Michael Jordan bullshit that I just can't stand. Not because I have an opinion one way or another, just because I just don't care, <laughs> frankly. Um, I'm tired of like this, um, just the arguing and instead of just like appreciating what it is that you're watching, like what you're witnessing. And like Sidney Crosby, you can love him or hate him, and I don't care. But you are legitimately witnessing a living legend at his craft in the flesh every time you know he plays. And to me, that's entertaining. So as much as it does sound like I was rooting for Nashville on this series, like I'm totally okay with Pittsburgh winning this. And if they win again next year, I will be frustrated because their fans are spoiled as shit. But I won't hate it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, you know, and we we talked about this. Um, oh gosh, it's it's been a while, but we we talked about how there is, you know, you're allowed to be okay with Pittsburgh the team and still hate their fans, because guess what? They're not the same entity. Right. So you can call their fans spoiled brats, and you know whatever, and all of this stuff, and still it's okay to be okay with the penguins winning it's all right agreed so so i'm with uh, you two, well let's tackle one thing at a time i've got a few questions to unpack here one um where do do you think they have a legitimate chance to repeat knowing the following it is unlikely at best i mean one percent chance that mark andre Fleury is a pittsburgh penguin next year so he's going to be 5.75 off the cap. They have five, I, I'm going to get this mixed up. They have either five or seven UFAs and then the other number RFAs. So they have 12 UFA, RFA, and like a two-week span and like coming up in two weeks. So they're going to be able to resign some of those guys with that 5.75. Are the Penguins in a position where they could repeat? You know, I guess if they do it right, but having said that, who saved their bacon when Matt Murray went down? Yeah, that's true, and I, it's funny you say that, because like when I remember before game one, like I remember where I'm sitting where I am now, watching uh, the Blue Jackets play the Penguins in game one, and I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, I mean, you think you get totally bailed out in a first-round game by not having to play Matt Murray, but like, Flurry's a good goalie yeah, like the, narr- yeah. the narrative on him is like one of the most like overplayed things in nhl recent memory like he his legacy is not going to be that he choked in the playoffs it's his legacy Agreed. is going to be that that he 
choked in the playoffs like twice. <laughs> if then, if, if, that, if that's even remembered, and I'm I'm guilty of of uh, of that narrative myself, but I mean you you hit the ha- the nail on the head. If he's remembered for that at all, he's a three time Cup winner. Right. And and I you're right. I mean he didn't have a huge role in the Cup final right. this year. Right. And and then all really or all really last, last year. Yeah, at all last year, but like. If Tristan Jerry plays in the first round against the Blue Jackets, like, I mean, listen, I, I've been harder on Bob than I can ever remember being on a player of his caliber, on my team or not. Like, I, I love Lebrowski. But if he were, like, league average, they would have probably gone seven with Pittsburgh. Who's to say if they won or not? But if, like, I mean, what if the Blue Jackets get the same shooting percentage against Tristan Jari that the Penguins did against Bobrovsky. Like, the Blue Jackets arguably outplayed them in almost every one of those games. I mean, I know when when push comes to shove, you got to put the puck in the net. Pittsburgh with that. Yeah. Um, but, like, my God, not having a security blanket named Mark andre Fleury is going to be... That'll hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it sure will. Um, so, I'm man, back to your question. Can they do but it? Every... Every team's going to get a new backup this year because of the expansion draft. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of moving goalies this summer. <laughs> so, like, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh could just get, like, like Auntie Ranta or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. They, I, all my point is they, they could still end up with, like, a pretty decent backup, even if Jari is not ready to be that guy yet. Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Vegas will just take everybody's backup and and deal them to everybody else. <laughs> Seriously. Um, um, so, yeah. Okay, so you think you think maybe they can? Yeah, I think I think they can. Certainly they can. Um, but you know, that's not really saying anything. Vegas can win the cup next year. Will they? Sure. No. Um, so. So yeah, they 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 can. They've got a really good shot. They've still got a really good team. Uh, they have shown that they've got the depth when people go down, and they're going to be scary next year. Uh, so will they do it? I don't know, but uh, it'll it'll be an interesting ride for sure. Yeah, the Metro is still going to be good. I mean, every yeah. team every team's going to be good. It seems next year. Um, except for, like, the Devils, probably. Um, but I, I think you'll see, like, Carolina make a stride in the right direction. Yeah, they got Scott Darling. I think that's a good first step. I do, too. I do, too. And, like, the who knows what you'll get with the Islanders at this point. There's so many question marks there. But, I like, mean, uh, they're, they're, like, yeah, I, I don't even want to actually get yeah, into it. Yeah, it'll take too long because yeah. there's too many variables. We'll know in two weeks what yeah. they have. But, yeah. Um, and who knows, like, Carolina, every year it seems like it's getting closer. Um, they're, like, the darling team the last, like, two years. The Rangers bought out Dan Girardi today, so they're way better today than they were yesterday. Um, like, there's – all these teams are going to be – Washington's going to be a little bit worse, but, like, you're telling me they're not a playoff team because they lost, like, Oshie, maybe, and Williams, and Allsner. They didn't even have Shattenkirk for 80% of the year. Yeah. So, my point is that, like, Pittsburgh could still – you get the playoffs, anything can happen. And you know they have Washington's number. Yeah, um, yeah. Plus, like, and here's, this is the only point I have left to make about this. Like, as long as you have Kane and Taves, Sid and Malkin, some combination of, like, truly generational, dynamic playing st- 
matters. And, like, I'm even reluctant to even say that about Taze and Kane because, like, that team has more than just that. They have, you know, I know he's older, but, like, Hosa's still Hosa, and, like, they have Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, even though he's getting older, and Corey Crawford. Like, that's a, that's a really good team. But, like, as long as Pittsburgh has Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Murray, and Latang didn't even play in the playoffs, but, like, Latang, like, this is still a team that can do some damage. Do yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess my point is that the, the Blue Jackets don't have an easier road next year. Than no, this year. no, it's, God, no. The Metro is stacked. This reminds me, and I'll be quick on this, this reminds me of being a bang. I'm a Bengals fan, lifelong Bengals fan. Okay. Feel bad for me. <laughs> and one of the problems I have with the NFL is like the importance that it places on its quarterback in the modern day league. And like, I'm not going to say this. Like, I'm dying for 2020 to come around because like by that point, the AFC will have lost. Hopefully, Jesus Christ. Hopefully. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger, and it could be like a new conference again because it's not even worth it right now. Like those guys have won nine of the last ten; they've been to nine of the last Super Bowls. Holy crap! So, so I don't even, I don't even care. Like I'm a Bengals fan, but like no, I'm not because when push comes to shove, I'm going to do something different on my Sunday instead of watch us lose to one of those three quarterbacks. Um, so as uh, that is all to say that the Penguins, as long as they have Crosby, Malkin, as long as the Capitals have. Uh, Ovechkin, Backstrom, you know, as long as all these teams are still what they are, the Metro is just a gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's really no choice but to get better, like hopefully the Blue Jackets will continue to do, or uh, tumble down the standings and, you know, co- cozy, cozy up next <laughs> to New Jersey. Yeah. I'll tell you what, this is, uh, if we're going on our... The Blue Jackets' history doesn't look so bright after going on a playoff run. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the Maybe truth. We'll, if, if there's ever a year to tank, it would be this year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, other questions surrounding this Penguins team, and then we'll we'll stop talking about purely the purely uh, purely speculative. Now that the whoops, uh, now that the Hawks and Penguins have both won three cups in the salary cap era. Who who's the better team? And and I would you who would you put money on for a Pittsburgh Chicago final? Because I think I'd put it on Pittsburgh. I think I would too. Isn't it crazy that they've not played? Like statistically, it's almost improbable that they haven't played in the play in the finals. Just given how many times they've each been there. Yeah. Because Pitt's been there, what, four times? Because they lost... They lost... They, yeah, they went back-to-back, yeah, lost to Detroit. Yeah, that was really sad. That was that way. And Chicago hasn't lost, right, in the final? No, no, they beat everybody so in six annoying. games. It's it's God, weird. So annoying. I think I'd take Pittsburgh, only yeah. because... And this is, this is a nice, natural segue for me, but only because Sidney Crosby is going to will his team to victory. Yeah, you know, it's it's so... Interesting. You know, do you remember a few years ago for the Sochi Olympics, uh, a time when Taves had more cups than Crosby, and there was like this this fake controversy of whether or not Taves would be okay with Crosby getting the, the C for Team Canada in Sochi. Um, and, and now... 
you know, because maybe there was there was the question of maybe Taves is the better player. But like when I think about the possibility of the two of them meeting in the final, I see Crosby as being on another planet than Taves. Like he's just Jesus. a he's just a different creature. Like he's I, I, they're just not the same thing at all. They're not. T- Taves is incredible. I mean, like he is he's one of the best leaders. You know who? T- you know this is. Maybe this I'm going out of a limb here, but Taves to me is like Mark Messier. He's okay. like nowhere near as talented as his superior counterparts, but he's like a damn good leader, and he's like you're you're not like smirching his name at all. You know what I mean? Right, right. He, I mean, not, he's a Hall of Famer. There's no question. He's not Crosby. But right. He's an amazing player. Yeah. Um, is Crosby? Where's Crosby on your? all-time rank <sighs> fuck i hate this question um i actually i was i was thinking about this i want to say maybe maybe prior to the <laughs> is he 101 uh for not making the top 100 God. is evgeny malkin worse than duncan keith and uh jonathan taves <laughs> no yeah oh man that that that's something i'd have to um to really like, if I was gonna do a top five, I mean, he's he's, he's got to be on there for sure. Um, I have I have my, He's number. I think he's four on mine. Okay. All right. That's fair. I think I'd have him at about a four or a five, even after giving it some some thought. I well, sports. I was listening to uh, Tim and Sid uh, at my lunch break today, and they were talking about how in Canada, there's like they all agreed, like even the people like the production team there agreed that uh he can't even crack the top four. like at best he's five because in, in no particular order they were like one through four is uh 99 bobby Orr, and gordy it wasn't even up for debate they were like nope he's not on that list and so they they both put him at five but they couldn't put him in the top five or they couldn't put him in the top four i mean and i think i I understand it's like total generational bias, but like when I, when I like read, I've read his autobiography and like when I, when I just like dig into the numbers, like Gordy Howe was the most unique player the NHL's ever seen, but he was never even like, and this is a bad example, but like even the Gordy Howe hat trick, like everything about this guy is like almost more like myth than reality. I would agree. Yeah. Like he, he was a really good player for a really long time, a really long time, but he was never like, you're you're faking yourself through these numbers. Like, he was never as dominant a player as you're hoping he was. And, so, like, to, to jump in real quick, do you think his longevity clouds what he really was? The oh, fact that The question. fact that he played so long, I mean, because when... When you talk about Gordy Howe, what do you what what do you hear inevitably? Right. Oh my gosh, he he played into his fifties. Yeah, he, he never quit. Five decades. Yeah. 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 I, I totally hear what you're saying. Um, I don't know. That's a good question because, like, what about opposite end of that's like Bobby Orr and Mario Lemieux, like two of the best players, two of the top four, I would say for me, like for me, and both of them had shortened careers. 
So did they get like the opposite benefit of the doubt? Like they didn't have like a they didn't have the longevity to like screw up their numbers or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, freaking how many seasons did Lemieux take off because of back injuries and then leukemia and retiring and coming back? And and you think of where would he be if if that never happened? And then people almost automatically say, oh, he would have done this, he would have done that. So maybe there is that benefit of of being hurt. And, and Bobby right. Orr, you know, basically crawling to the finish line with the Blackhawks at the end of his career. And, um, and, and, and like, apply that same thing to somebody like Connor McDavid. God forbid something happened to him that he, you know, that he couldn't play. He would probably still be regarded as a, this just phenomenal player that that never got off the ground. Right. So I yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, that's a great little <laughs> great little counterpoint that I hadn't thought of. Is yeah, is are they benefiting from shorter careers? That is that's fascinating. Where yeah. Is Yager in all this then? Oh my gosh, he's. Uh, oh man, is I don't know. Is he is he getting the the Gordie Howe treatment because he's what is he forty four now? My God, yeah, something like that, man. I that mean, dude is I just is we, he gonna he is gonna be a just a bag of bones when he retires. He's never gonna retire. You bite your tongue. <laughs> How dare you? We, we should that should be like a summer middle of summer podcast. We should just do like a, just top twenty players or something like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Because I don't know. I I need to think about it too. But I think like everyone has their biases like generationally like i think i would try to somehow have like steve eiserman and joe sack in there just because i like watch them play and play against each other I'm like that's my child and then and those were your childhood heroes and i totally but they, yeah but to be fair like also they are both in the top 20 like all time in scoring so like maybe there is something there whereas like I don't know. It, it it just be so hard to like knock people off the list that you've never seen play, you've never heard stories of. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Is Doug Harvey better than Nicholas Lidstrom? They both had seven seven uh, Norrises. Yeah, Dude, I never saw Doug Harvey play. I don't know. I think Lidstrom's definitely better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's it's all <laughs> about and and that Lidstrom. says nothing about the guys of of whom we have no video. Right. The guys from the 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 twenties and the thirties, and I, you know, I don't know when the hell video came along, but what about all those guys? It, right. it becomes very very difficult. It's it's a tough game. But it's comparing so these eras. You know what I mean? Like the NHL, like when they did that NHL 100 thing that I keep making fun of with Malkin being the 101st because he somehow was ridiculous. But like they purposefully gave like 33 or 34 picks to like first generation players because they figured that they wouldn't get like the the love anyway so like by arbitrarily allocating like a certain percentage of your top 100 to like a certain generation i don't it just like seems like that's not the way to do it either yeah and you know honestly there's got to be a better way to do that whole thing like to me it's just as dumb as having fans vote on the top 10 greatest teams of all oh time. Like, give Man, me a break. Give somebody me a break. Like, there's there's a better way to do it. Is you know, the like, worst legacy of the NHL 100, A, the, the botched 
NHL 100 names or B, the commercial that came of it with uh, all these legends spelling their names on TV. I hated that commercial. God, I was so miserable in that commercial. I don't. I don't know if I remember that. If I if I even saw it. Oh really? There it was, was like Gretzky and Oren Lemieux and Esposito, Hull and Hull. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. I do remember that one now. It was brutal. They just got. They were probably like, "Oh, you're in LA too. Sick. Like, why don't you just come on?" <laughs> Could you shoot Where's a quick commercial it? for us? Seriously, what do I have to do? Uh, do you know how to spell your name? You're hired. You know what I, mean? like, <laughs> I couldn't stand it. Jeez. Okay. Well, anyway, to put a bow on that, I got Crosby four all time. Fair enough, man. Fair four enough. all time, and I probably put Malkin in my top. I'm gonna say fifty, and that's being nice. Probably higher. He's so good. Yeah, he he is. Okay, he's here's just, a trivia question for you. A, I did a little research on this today. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, to oh, I, I was just trailing off. I, I I was just thinking that uh, just how how unstoppable that guy is. He's just yeah. a beast. Who? Is, well, I'm just going to tell you, it's not a trivia question, it's just a, it's just a cool fact. Sid and Malkin are tied for first when you aggregate the last two playoffs together in total points, and they're tied. No shit! <laughs> yeah. That's I awesome. Was, I, I want to say it was 46 and 48, or 48 and 46. Either way, it was just like, that's all you need to know. Like, they've won two cups, and the two guys at the top of the standings are... That sounds right, but it was crazy. They were tied. It was like, my God, because I was I was rattled last year that Kessel didn't get the consmite, and this year I thought that Malcolm should have gotten it until the end. Like I, I I accept that Crosby got it, but I was beating the Malcolm drum for most of the playoffs, and like they were tied in playoff points over a two year span. But That's wild. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Alright, that's that's enough that's enough uh, Pittsburgh Penguins talk. I think I'm good for the rest of the summer. <laughs> I, ch- I changed my mind. We don't have to do a top twenty list because there's too many damn penguins in the top twenty all time. <laughs> Alright, what's Ron Francis on that list? <laughs> <laughs> he has to be. Jeez. I mean a hundred percent efficiency podcast. rate. <laughs> yeah, right. This is a blue jackets podcast after all. Oh and shit, it is. <laughs> we will we we talked before the show, listeners, we are going to do a, a Vegas-specific show that's going to dive into uh, really everything surrounding Vegas, both from a Blue Jacket standpoint and otherwise. Um, it's weird, it, all quiet on the Western Front in Columbus land, except for one piece of news coming from Elliot Friedman and then Portsline. Um, did you see this about Clarkson? I did. Very interesting. So, to set the stage, basically, there's a rumor that a trade is in place between the Blue Jackets and the Golden Knights. It's still weird to say. <laughs> it is kind in of weird. In which the Blue Jackets will send their first pick 24, David Clarkson and his contract, and a prospect to move down 10 spots to pick 34. Is that what you're hearing? The all of okay, I will say that the vast majority of that is news to me. My knowledge of that began and ended with David Clarkson and a pick going to Vegas for 
something. So you are you're much more in the know on that than I am. So I think the reason for it is, well, let's just set the stage. So Clarkson, his contract is not an issue at all during season because he's on long-term IR and therefore is unaffected by the salary cap. And insurance pays like four of the five million that he's paid or whatever. So like he, it doesn't it doesn't really matter like to the Blue Jackets during the season. However, during the off season, long term injury doesn't apply. Um, long term injury doesn't apply, and therefore his salary is on the books. And with Yarmo's been steadfast this whole. You know, of going up against the this end of the season and even into the summer, saying like salary cap's not an issue, it's not an issue. Um, and I think it's because he knows that he's going to get some relief. Um, well, the salary cap did just go up as of today. Yeah, that's just the report. But I think that there's something. What did they say seventy-eight with the escalator? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like seventy-two or seventy-three this year. So yeah, that'll that'll be yeah. helpful too for sure. Um, but you get. You get Clarkson off the books for the summer, and then you can extend more easily guys like Wenberg, who's an RFA, um, guy like Anderson, who's an RFA. Maybe go out and get that big time scorer that Yarmo's referenced before. You know, so it would just give you some flexibility. Um, and then the part B of the trade, which is perhaps the most interesting, is that uh, Vegas for. You know, taking Columbus's first round pick and a prospect, which I would have to imagine is like a pretty decent prospect, would also not take Josh Anderson. And maybe that means that they take a winger like Calvert. Yeah. Which would be, uh, if, if you gave me that scenario right now from the trade to them taking Calvert. I would be super sad from a uh, I'm a Blue Jackets fan and I have a heart standpoint, but like super happy from a Blue Jackets fan and I have a head standpoint. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I I had this uh, conversation with a buddy of mine last night that if if uh, it does kind of trend toward Calvert, that basically it sucks. Um, you know, it's the cost of doing business. We'll miss the guy. We love the guy, but it's not terrible to lose him. Certainly not as bad as, as losing, uh, Josh Anderson. I would say I think all things considered, Calvert would be best case scenario picked. Yeah. Just because, I mean, like, I love Calvert. Like, I, I... He's the longest-tenured Blue Jacket. He's done so many. I just have a lot of good memories of him. But if I mean here, like there's, uh, you can break it down pretty easily. These are the only people that Vegas would even like theoretically take. Ready? Hit me. Corpusallo. Yep. Jack Johnson. Ryan Murray. Josh Anderson. Matt Calvert. William Carlson. Lucas Sedlak. I can't see a scenario in which they take anyone. I don't think Savard will be exposed. I don't think Boone Jenner will be exposed. Um, I guess Josh Anderson slash Boone Jenner. Like, of that list, wouldn't you 
almost be okay with losing Calvert because, like, to me, it's not even close. To be honest. Yeah. On. Yeah. I mean, if that's. If that's the list. If that's the list, I'm I'm right there with you. Because like Sedlak does all the same things Calvert does, just he's a center and younger and cheaper. So like those are like three immediate strikes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Carlson, same thing. And then like I'd rather Boone and Andy. And from a defense standpoint, like I don't want to lose Murray for free. And I guess Jack, I'd be okay with. I think that would be like the only one that I could like stomach as easily as Calvert, because yeah. it would mean that there's four million off the of books. I would, I would agree. Yeah, actually has depth for the first time since we've been alive. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then Corpus Allo, I think, would actually kind of hurt because even though the Blue Jackets have really good organizational depth in the in the in that position, there's still no one else ready to. I mean, are you ready to turn the backup position over to Anton Forsberg? No. I don't think I am. Not so, like, you don't want to go into a offseason trying to replace your top goalie prospect. I don't know. To me, to me, Caliber makes the most sense. So yeah. if they can somehow, if they can somehow shed Clarkson's contract, which I didn't even realize was like a big deal until I realized it didn't help us during or didn't hurt. It it only helps the Blue Jackets during the season. Um. I understand now why they want to move that contract. Yeah. And frankly, Vegas, um, and this is why we got to do an hour on Vegas, like one of their strategies might be to be prospect heavy, which would mean that they would need big contracts to even get to the salary cap floor. Yeah. David Clarkson. Yeah, very, uh, very Arizona Coyotes type of mindset. Sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. All these desert teams just like, yeah, give me all your old bad contracts that, <laughs> you know, you need to get rid of. Yeah, I, uh, I tweeted, I tweeted something, um, very shortly after finding out the, the, uh, the Clarkson rumor to Vegas that if the Knights do end up with him, I would get a Clarkson Golden Knights jersey, oh, <laughs> and then I think I think it was first Ohio Battery, who uh, who who made it an official challenge, and I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll well, we'll see if I have the extra money. If I have the extra money, I I mean I like yeah. jerseys. I like jerseys. So I know you do. Uh, speaking of, okay, well that's speaking of jerseys. That's the only other piece of Columbus Blue Jackets news, and I regret to even call it news because it's more news to people like you than it is to me. And really, it's league news. Yeah, are you excited? You're right. Are you excited? Are you optimistic? Are you dreading the release of the Adidas NHL jerseys, including the Columbus Blue Jackets? Um, okay. Let me answer that a few ways. <laughs> I am... I am cautiously optimistic about Adidas taking over. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with them to really know what their templates are going to look like, all of that sort of thing. Just the overall product that... Three lines on it. Right, yeah. Is it going to have those three lines on it? Um, I, I'm, I'm concerned about the, the product on which 
the NHL teams have to build. Having said that, I am optimistic and what well, very optimistic really about the Blue Jackets design because they have always been very conservative, very safe, never taken a lot of chances, uh, and and they they have always released some pretty solid jerseys. You know, say what you want about the Stinger Patch uh, expansion era jerseys. I'll give you that one. Um, but it was their first kick at the can. And, and since then, really pretty good stuff. You know, I've, I've always felt very fortunate to, as a fan of, of this team, to have the jerseys that we have. So I, I think that it is probably going to be fine. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm always going to be nervous just because it's new, but, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, um, I'm optimistic. I think it's going to be a winner. Very good. So you don't think it's going to be lime green, then? <laughs> Maybe that'll be our next third jersey. <laughs> I want the cannon. That's my jersey, man. I like that one. Yeah, it's it's going to be a bummer to see that one go by the wayside for for a year. I really, really hope they bring it back because I just love that jersey. Um, you know, not not. To, really, if you haven't been to my house, you wouldn't know this unless I've told you, and I haven't told too many people. My my basement is painted in third jersey colors, complete with a hand painted third jersey logo, the cannon on the on the main wall. Um, I had a friend paint it for me, so if that's any indication about how I feel about the third jersey, um, then then there you have it. I I really really hope that it it does come back after next year's hiatus. Do you think it's the kind of thing that could age well? You know what I mean? Like, a year later, people are like, it, it becomes more popular, like it ages like fine wine kind of thing? I sure hope so. I mean, I, um, I, I'm, I'm not going to get tired of it. I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's, it's so uniquely Columbus it's um you know it's it's the one thing that that we have that nobody else does and i'm talking about the actual canon and and then the jersey is just paying homage to that and i think it's i think it's so cool um so i yeah i i i think that it will you know if it does come back i think it'll be Welcomed with open arms, for sure. That's great. Yeah, talking jerseys. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it too. I, I wish I wouldn't have bought Carly a third jersey last year because, although it'll still be a, you know, a jersey seen around nationwide, it won't be new and shiny anymore. So, but maybe it'll be cool because it's like vintage already, like a year old vintage. Jersey. Yeah, yeah. That's actually was going to be my comment. Is that maybe it's vintage. Um, yeah, I love that. I bought a eBay. I bought this on eBay last year. Um, a uh, original jersey, like a Blue Jackets, like the from the expansion era, without any number or name on it. 
Okay, so just so, straight up blank. It's just a straight blank one, but it's got like the, the stinger patch like you referenced and everything. Yep, yep I've got, got a few of those laying around. Though that jersey didn't organize the crowd. It's a good looking jersey in the game. <laughs> Wait, say, so, say that again, you cut out. Uh, a, all right, well, um, TBD on more Blue Jackets news. There's certainly coming a, a lot coming down the pike. There's still rumors surrounding Ilya Kovalchuk. Which is kind of weird. Which is still crazy to me. Like I, where I mean, okay, let's wrap up with that one. How, where are you at on this Kovalchuk thing if it comes to fruition in Columbus? Um, I will say this, and that's, that's all I'll say about it. I don't like that he's 34. However, he, the past four years still played in a very good hockey league, despite it not being the NHL, still a very, very good league. Um, And in those four years, captained his team to two championships. He, He can still play. He can still put up the goals and the numbers. Um, Honestly, the only thing that concerns me, well, not the only thing, his age concerns me and what we would have to give up to get him. Totally fair. So uh, let me ask you this then, because um, I'm, I'm basically in the same boat you are. Like I think, like giving money to thirty uh, something plus wingers is not um, is not a practice that I subscribe to, on average. Um, but I think that first of all, real quick, Kovalchuk gets like a he's like kind of lumped in to like this old Russian narrative. On two things that just like aren't true. One is that he's not good in the locker room, and two is that he's not good defensively. But his he's captained a team to two championships in the last four years, and also when he was in the league, like everyone loved him on his team. A and B, he always had like now that we know what we do about uh, like possession numbers, he's always had like going back. We didn't even have this information at the time, but like he's always had really good possession numbers. So those are both false narratives about a Russian player that are people just, you know, cherry-picking, like, basically stereotypical information. So I'm where you are. That's just a longer way of saying I'm where you are. I wish he wasn't 34, and I hope that if a deal were worked out, they wouldn't have to give up a lot. Um, if if he were signed and traded on, like, a – because he's, he's – when he comes back, he's property of the devils, but he doesn't have a contract, correct? I believe so, yes. So because he would need it, to sign a contract with the devils and then be traded. Right, right. So what would the term be? What would acceptable term be for you? Oh, man. I, I'd, honestly, I'd want him for a year. A one-year deal. Yeah. And then a just just year. just see how it goes. See, I see a Radulov deal, like one year, five million or five point five. I can't remember what Radulov got. Somewhere around there. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad comparison. I would, I'd be but okay with that. In a lot of ways, that. he is Radulov. He's like a proven commodity in the NHL, who's a little bit older. So that's why, even though he was a little bit more talented, scored a little bit more goals, that's why he takes a little bit of a hit. Yeah, yeah. So and, one and year, do you five think, and a half. I, I wonder how many, how many teams say that exact same thing, um, well, it worked with Radulov, and then, you know, enter Kovalchuk. Uh, I think it could be really interesting. Travis Yost wrote a piece, um, 
and it basically suggested that Kovalchuk could play. Uh, he could really help like a two-way street. Like he could really help a center that is skillful and an elite passer. And the elite passing center would also benefit from having a dude named Ilya Kovalchuk to his wing. So hmm. uh, you can't help but think like, man, Wenberg would be just like money because. I mean, as great, I love Atkinson. He's, like, one of my favorite players in the league. But, like, he's not a true sniper the way that, like, Kolbachuk is. And I don't think that's, like, bad-mouthing Atkinson. Like, he's he's a shifty, sneaky player who, like, scores. He, like, capitalizes on his chances. But Kolbachuk just, like, smokes the puck. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... It'll be interesting. I don't have a lot else to say about him, but yeah. Um, well, hopefully we'll we'll have more clarity on this too because it, it it looks like he really is coming back to the NHL, but that New Jersey's not the spot. So yeah. Okay, uh, and well, I don't think he the, would want to play for New Jersey anyway because they're bad. they're bad. They're just they they're whether they know it or not, they're in full rebuild mode. I'm I'm glad they know it. I'd like to see another <laughs> Vancouver, a, a Vancouver team. Yeah, that's true. In denial. Okay. Well, um, we will touch base here soon and, yes. and give you um, a full Vegas primer. Um, I think we're going to shoot for the day the team is released and just do like a deep dive into into the things. Yeah. Yeah, gonna it's going to be, gonna be uh, it's going to be a, a a busy couple weeks, man. I'm I'm really excited. I love it. I, yeah. As soon as you, I think the first thing you said off the top of the show was the season's over. Dude, the season's just beginning. You know, well, now it's a new season, baby. <laughs> now it's a new season. The it's old like, season you know, has ended, and the new season's begun. It's like you know when uh, the the elves are toys and Santa's just like that was a good year. And now it's time for a new one. All that I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's me right now. I'm like, yeah, there's like no lull. I don't care. I'm good with it. Yeah, I feel. I feel a little bit more excited about this this off season than than previous ones, just because there's so much going on. There's a new team. Teams are losing players. It's gonna be exciting stuff. Yes, it is. Okay. So. Well. Um... Enjoyable stuff. Yep. We will uh, we will return to the pod shortly. Yep, and this is going up tonight, so it'll be in your sweet little ears tomorrow, and uh, and we'll be back. Sounds good, brother. All right, brother. Take it easy. Bye bye. Knights of Columbus, that hurt. Tries to split the defense and walk in. Nice move. Another nice move. Oh. He scores. Oh. What a goal! Oh, oh baby! Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Shane here. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. We are also on Twitter, at AboutToTalk. You can find Dan on Twitter, at WowDanGoodPoint. His blog is TheIceTimes.com. I am also on Twitter, at MileHighJacket. And my other show, The History of Hockey Podcast, can also be found on iTunes. And that is on Twitter, at TheHOHPod.